Well, 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 how the devil horn are you? It's Aiden Jones here, and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 9th of, of, of May. Ah, there we go. 2023, mate. It's cold in Adelaide. It is cold. I just paid my internet. I am, um, I'm sitting on the floor. In my mum's house in her office. She just went to work. Her partner just went to work. My girlfriend's having a nap. It's 8.35 in the morning. <sighs> it's good. It's it's actually... It's good. It's been a bit of a chaotic week, to be honest. Oh, and what a joy to have the time to sit... <sighs> and enjoy a tea. Isn't that right? Last night, we uh, landed in Adelaide after a fucking absolutely chaotic day with airports. Landed in Adelaide, chilled for the afternoon. Got to go on a nice walk with my mum around the suburb. <coughs> um, I just noticed that my mum clears her throat a lot. And I think I've noticed that I also clear my throat a lot. And isn't that nice to have a reminder of my mother whenever I clear my throat? <laughs> you do things like that. Hey, you're, you're like, notice that someone does something and then you're like, I do, like, I don't know. Is that, no, there's not, there's not a world where I clear my throat and go, oh, that doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. Anyway, what am I talking about? So yesterday, yeah, we, we, um, had dinner with my mom and her partner, my girlfriend, my brother, his girlfriend. Oh my word! And um, and then we went to my brother's place and we played Settlers of Catan, which is a great game. I love how my my mom is just not a competitive person, and I really want her to be, and I want her to play Catan. I want to just oh, we wanted to play Monopoly for a bit, people. I guess, I don't know, I just, I like in a game like that, like a board game, the aspect of like, <clears throat> sometimes I don't even feel like I'm kind of playing against the other people, I'm just playing with myself, like I just want to build my little thing, you know, like Monopoly, you go around the board, you get your stuff together, you buy shit, whatever, I am very competitive, I do get really competitive, but at the same time, it's like... It's just fun to build your little empire up and forget that you're playing against other people. The other people, you know what? The other people in a board game do often get in the way. But then also, they're kind of what makes it interesting. It's kind of like life, isn't it? Other people, man, imagine if you could just do life without having to think about other people, but also without feeling lonely. This is what AI is going to bring us, mate. This is where we're going to get to. You're not lonely, but you also don't have to worry. Man, sometimes I've been thinking about like, apparently the world's population is going to peak this century. So like, because we've got 8 billion people now and it's going to peak at 9 something. Like China's population is already aging uh, or maybe it started to fall recently. 
India's is growing or maybe China's has gone to peak and India's has gone to peak and it's like, like Japan's population has been shrinking and all of these populations, they're going to peak mid-century and then I just, I love, that's so exciting. I guess it's framed as this kind of demographic problem because we've got all these old people and then there's fewer young people to work. But isn't the whole problem now that we, like, there's all this money but it's concentrated in the top whatever percent and as there's fewer and fewer people and the world's more automated, I can't see that being anything but a good thing. And there's like less, like maybe this century is going to be seen as like the century when there was just way too many people and it was crammed and all fucked. But then as the world's population declines, maybe the following century is going to be like, man, it's so chill. We got all these amazing, like what if everyone gets their own apartment building, you know? What if it's like ends up being kind of lonely? We have all of these built like Japan right now. They're trying to pay people to go outside of Tokyo and live in small population centers. By the way, all of this, I've got no. I'm not looking up the things that I read or whatever. You're just gonna have to take it as like gospel, and I expect, I fully expect you to. But they're trying to pay people in Japan, like families pay them some rate and then an extra per kid to go and live for like five or ten years or whatever in these small towns and set up businesses there and go out there and it's like surely you would surely if you're in japan and you have a business that doesn't absolutely require you to be in the big city go and live in one of these small towns my brother was just in Japan last month. He showed me all the photos. It's all wooden, beautiful, old wooden fucking shit. Imagine living in some wooden house. I'm thinking of that Murakami book, Norwegian Wood, when the guy goes out to the girl's house and it's like some old shop that her family owned. Are her parents dead? Something like that. He goes out to the country there and it's just like the the image that Murakami paints in the book is it's all wood. And like, I don't know. I can't think of anything more than that. It's just all wood. There's just heaps of wood in Japan. <laughs> As if you wouldn't let the government pay you to go out and live in a place like that. Maybe it's not exciting to them. Maybe it's annoying to be out in rural Japan. I don't know. Anyway, so we went and played Catan. That was nice. Did a bit of that. Yeah, the world without people. <laughs> would you be lonely? The fucking airport fiasco. This is when yesterday would have been nice to have a world without people. Oh, my God. We got... So, I stayed with a mate. A big shout-outs to my mate, Lucy Bloom. In Sydney. Just the kindest, most giving person. And a great writer. Um, a great public speaker. And a wonderful friend who let me and my girlfriend stay in her house for the week in Sydney, in Coogee. Lovely place. Um, got, to hang, got to hang out with her dog all week. And um, then on, oh, on Sunday, did a show in her, um, in her lounge room at the place. So like 
my crowdfunding campaign for the documentary, which by the way is finished and I think the new music has been put in. So I just need to now get on to selling that. I've got a few things. Fuck, I've actually got a, a few different little things I need to do. If you've signed up to the mailing list recently on the promise of getting to see the documentary and my, my uh, what do you call it? My fucking um, special and I haven't sent them to you. I'm sorry that I haven't sent them to you. I will be setting up an automation, I hope, sometime this week or maybe next week after my girlfriend leaves um, to automate all of that so whenever people sign up to my mailing list, it just sends out the the fucking things. Um, I haven't done it yet. Um, I want to do that. I uh, Oh, my God. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I also so I've got the documentary. It's finished. And I just need to now put it onto this film hub site and see if it gets picked up at all. I've got all the music. It's licensed. I just need to kind of watch through it and check and make sure that it's all good. But I fully expect the music to be sounding good and um, upload it and just fucking send it out and get that going. See if I can make some money off it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So for my documentary for the crowdfunding campaign, the last highest tier of reward oh actually no for a th- what was the one i said for a thousand dollars i'll write a song <laughs> i'll write a song for you <laughs> thank god no one did that some people did do like i'll um pay for the one where i'll write a stand-up bit i actually did write a stand-up bit i wrote a few of those bits but there were a couple that I couldn't do and I never got around to filming them. And some of them are still bits that I haven't filmed that I could film. Fuck, whatever. Anyway, the $500 was I'll come and do stand up in your living room and Lucy paid for that. So on Sunday, she invited a bunch of friends to come around in her living room and I did stand up for them. And her dog was fucking going nuts, running around, like, like trying to jump up on people or whatever. So that was chaos. And then also it's just doing stand-up in a living room. I mean, that I, the one that I did in Perth was awesome. The one that I did in Perth was fucking... Some about that vibe there just worked. But the one in Sydney didn't really... Yeah, it was just hard. The fully lit. I did the show. I guess after about 15 minutes, I kind of gave myself over to like, okay, this is just what it's going to be. And let me just perform the shit out of this show. And there's not going to be heaps of big laughs and whatever. And it was fine. But man, it was hard. (laughs) It was hard going. That was probably the hardest gig I've done this year, I reckon. The gig in my friend's lounge room. Is that surprising? Absolutely not. But, um... So we did that Sunday and then I went and did my last show. Oh, by the way, thank you to everyone who came out to the shows this week in Sydney, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sold heaps of tickets. Had a great run. Had great shows. Thanks to a few of the alcohol-free people who came out. Thanks to any Latino people who came out. Still supporting. That was sick. Um, Had the guys from Hopper, the guys from Altina Drinks come out. Um, Yeah. And just great shows. Uh, my girlfriend and her sisters and their boyfriends and some of their friends all came out on Saturday night. That was terrifying. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes I really take too much, like too many risks 
as a stand-up. And I kind of was saying that to the audiences and other nights. I think I'm getting a bit, like, I think I'm getting good at this, like, I kind of have a dialogue with the audience without actually talking to them at all because I don't like so much doing crowd work, talking to people and asking them questions. Because I don't know, I'm like, I've got my own shit to say. But then sometimes, much like this podcast, I am quite good at like kind of having a dialogue with the audience as a whole, but setting them up as like the other character that doesn't even need to say anything. I just react to like their reactions to the show. So like when the audience is being kind of quiet, I'll tell them that they're being quiet. I'll like be aggressive with them. I'll fucking, you know, call them all cunts or whatever it is. And they'll laugh in those moments. And that's us having a dialogue without me actually needing to talk. I don't want to talk to a one person. I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to go, Hey, yeah. What about you? And what's your fucking stuff? No, the audience as a whole, that's who I want to be talking to or split them up into different kinds of, you know, this side or that side or whatever. It is kind of Stuart Lee-esque, I think. Like the way that he brings the audience into the room is not by talking to one person. It's by kind of having a dialogue with quote unquote the audience as almost like an, a character. And in a way, it's kind of like, like if I'm having a bad show or if I'm having, if the audience is quiet, which a lot of them were in Sydney, but they were still good. I could tell they were, they were in, they were just kind of quiet. I would um, tell them that they're being quiet without trying to point the finger and make any one person uncomfortable, but almost like treat the audience as like a separate person that none, none of the people in the audience is a part of. So then we can point to the audience as a kind of figure in the room and go, the audience is quiet, isn't it? And they're all like, yeah, it is. And they they don't feel like they've been singled out or made to feel whatever. And then once I establish that, then I can go, yeah, fuck the audience. And they know that I'm kind of saying, fuck all of you guys, but also they don't feel like that. So they don't feel attacked. I feel like I'm kind of getting a little bit better at doing that which is fun because then I can complain about how the show's going without alienating the people who are there watching the show or making them feel like there's all this pressure on them or whatever. So um, I did that a few times. I think I, I definitely did it on Sunday. I might've done it on Friday as well, maybe, but on Saturday, my girlfriend's sisters and their boyfriends and the mates and all these people were there and it was a sold out show and it was kind of quiet, but because of the pressure of just having, my girlfriend's sisters especially see me do comedy for the first time. I was just like, I don't want to take any risks. I don't want to do anything dumb. I don't want to be whatever doing crazy shit. So I just fucking, I just did the show, just straight up did the show. There was also a man named Aiden Jones in the show. How cool is this? This fucking guy, man. If you're listening, Aiden Jones, g'day brother. He very well could be listening. I try and not use other people's names in the in the pod, but like, if it's my name, you know, his name spelled the same as me. He uh, he or his girlfriend or someone commented on my Facebook page, <coughs> going like, "Whoa, what the fuck? There's this comedian. Like, do you reckon he's funny?" And I was just like, "Man, <coughs> same name, brother. Great name. Would you like a free ticket to my show?" And he was like, yeah, 
And he came through by himself, drove up from wherever, like an hour away. Came to the show, had a lovely time, was just so great. And uh, then after the show, hung out, came out with us, stayed for a couple beers, for a chat, bought a t-shirt, did the whole thing. Just a fucking absolute legend. Oh, that was a, that's probably my favorite thing that's happened this week. Seeing this guy and just like the balls on him, like to come out with a bunch of random people to come to a show and then come out with the comedian and all that comedian's mates just because you've got the same name, hang out, you know, sit and, and just like make the time to meet some people. The guy was a fucking, he was the best Aiden Jones in that room. And I had the pressure of him being in the show as well. So I didn't want to be too wild. Yeah, so that was Saturday, and uh, and then Sunday did the show in the lounge. Then Monday, Monday, um, we've got to fly. We're flying to Adelaide, and I say to Lucy, we were going to stay at my friend's house on Sunday, and then I was like, oh, you know, actually it might be easier if we just stay. And Lucy was like, yeah, man, I'll drop you to the airport. And I was like, oh my God, why are we going to my friend's house? Lucy's going to drop us at the airport. This is sick. So I um, tell my friend, yeah, look, we're just going to stay where we are. And my girlfriend's flight is at 6.40 in the morning. And Lucy flies all the time for work. And she's like, all right, we just got to get to the airport at six o'clock for a 6.40 takeoff and we'll be sweet. And I'm like, well, it seems like cutting it a bit close and she's like nah yeah but like and she flies all the time it's her hometown she's in sydney i'm like i trust her and it's early and she's like dude if you were getting an uber at that time it'd be like 80 bucks i'm like thank god you're taking us you're a legend so we in the night when we get back i just double check i'm like are you sure she's got checked luggage are you sure that it's going to be cool for us to get to the airport, for us to wake up at 6.30 and leave at 6.40. She's like, yeah. So we wake up in the morning at, sorry, at 5.40, 5.40. We wake up at 5.30 and I'm like, all right, I'm up. I'm, I'm ready to go. I get up quick. I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm already packed. I'm like, let's motor. I knock on Lucy's door at two minutes to like at 5.38 and she's up and she's like, yep. And I'm like, okay, she hasn't got a coffee yet. Also, my girlfriend's still kind of packing. So we're going to leave in two minutes. I'm not sure if we're going to. The coffee machine's on. The dog, her dog. Oh, my girlfriend's losing her shit about the dog. The dog has like a little jacket on because it's the first cold day in Sydney and Lucy's put a jacket on her dog. Very cute. And then the coffee machine is on and the coffee's coming out and we're finishing up our packing. I've brushed my teeth. I'm trying not to panic. We go downstairs. The dog's not on a leash. Lucy's taking her dog for a walk after this. The dog's not on a leash. I'm like, interesting move, but it's her dog. Maybe she knows how to whatever. We take the bags down the stairs and we go into the car and the dog... Runs in the opposite direction. No leash on the dog. I'm like... And Lucy's just walking after the dog. I'm trying not to panic. I'm trying not to panic. We put the bags in the back of the car. 
the dog is going down the driveway. I'm like, we are now, it's 5.45, you know, it's getting later, it's getting later. We don't leave until 5.50. The flight, let me remind you, takes off at 6.40. We're going to the airport. Lucy goes, <laughs> Lucy drives through the first red light. She was born in South Africa. She grew up for a while in Africa. She spent heaps of time in Africa. She's worked there, whatever. So she goes, it's like it's 5.50 and we turn onto her street and then there's a red light there and she just kind of pulls out into the intersection <laughs> and then just drives. I've never seen that before. She's like, yeah. I don't know, man, like stopping at a light in the middle of the night is just a nightmare. There's no, no, you just don't need to do it. And I'm like, you, I think you might be right. You know, when it's nighttime and there's a red light and you're like, why the fuck am I waiting here? Why are you waiting? Just go through. Unless there's a red light camera there, which let's be honest, there never really is. I totally reckon go through. She just kind of slowly rolled out into the intersection and she was like, I'm going through, I'm going through. And it's just, we just went through. (laughs) So we're driving to the airport. I still haven't really said anything. All I knew was like, okay, worst case scenario, I have, my flight was at 9.15 and I have a second available checked luggage bag. So if my girlfriend's checked bag doesn't get in if we don't have time I can just take it and put it on my flight so I kind of that was like calming me down and uh Lucy's telling some story interesting story and then we get to the airport and she's talking about how as we pull up to the terminal at I think my girlfriend clocked the exact time was 6 13 and as we pull up to the airport Lucy's telling some story where she's like, yeah, I'm always an hour before takeoff time to the airport. (laughs) I'm like, in my head, like, wasn't that when we left your house? When we were supposed to leave, but we didn't even, didn't we leave your house less than an hour before takeoff time? But, you know, she's been so generous with the place and the lift and everything. I didn't say anything. And... My girlfriend's at Qantas, I'm at Virgin, different terminals, but I get out with her because I'm like, nah, man, let me fucking make sure that everything's going to plan here. So I get out with her and I'm like, we hug loose and then go into the terminal. And this was fucking wild as well. As soon as we get into the terminal, I'm like, this is, you know, like she goes up to the little self-service kiosk, puts her details in and it's like, you need to talk to a member of staff. And I'm like, that means we're late. (laughs) That means the check bags are already closed. There's no way. Sorry, I just shut a drawer there. Um, There's no way. There's no way that that's not an ominous sign. And then she kind of goes off to like, there's also no fucking people at the airport anymore because all these self-service kiosks, you want just one floating person to be like, hey, this is the situation. 
So I go to try and stand and get the attention of one person and my girlfriend goes in another direction and then she's walking towards a person that we can get the attention of and I see the same person. So I walk over. So this one Qantas lady is standing there and my girlfriend and I kind of arrive at her at the same time and she's made eye contact with me but I'm trying to point at my girlfriend because I'm not on this flight. I'm not on Qantas at all. So I'm trying to point her like, look, that girl standing next to you, her flight... I'm going, her flight leaves at 6.40. And this lady's just kind of looking at me. She's, I'm loath to just paint with broad strokes, but this lady was an idiot. She fucking, she's looking at me. I'm pointing at my girlfriend. There, this girl, her flight leaves at 6.40. And she's like, What? And I'm like, 6.40. And then my girlfriend's talking to her and goes, um, excuse me, my flight leaves at 6.40. Now, at that point, surely you go, okay, I've had the same information from two different people. Surely these people are like together. And my girlfriend, and then she's looking at me like, I think she thought that I was trying to get her attention on like a separate matter. It must be really stressful working at the airport. It must be really stressful because I went to the Virgin Terminal after this and I tried to talk to someone and she acted the same way. She was just like, I can't do more than one thing at once. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like she, I was just trying to be like, hey, do I go here or do I need to do this? And she, as I was asking her a question, just started going, everyone form a line. I was like, I swear I was talking before you started doing that. And then she went, I can only do one thing at once. I was like, but you stopped doing the listening to me thing to do a different thing. Anyway, anyway, so we pull up to this lady and I'm like, her flight leaves at 6.40. And my girlfriend's like, excuse me, my flight leaves at 6.40. And she was like, oh, that's really soon. (laughs) She just goes, that's really soon. I'm like, yeah, it is. And then she looks back at me as if she's like, as if I'm trying to take her attention away. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm with this person. We're on the same fucking thing here. We're working on the same case. And then, yeah, she's like, oh, I have checked luggage. And she's like, oh, you're not going to get that on. That closed half an hour before the flight. And I'm just like, God Fucking damn it, Lucy. God damn it. I, I asked you, are you sure 6.40, it's 5.40 is early enough? Yeah, 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 heaps of time. I'm seething at this point. But I'm like, okay. I go to the Qantas lady. It's all right. She, cause she, that's right. she goes, oh, that's okay. Line up here and we'll try and get you on another flight. And I'm like, no fucking way is that the solution. We'll try and get you on another flight. As if that, what in what universe has that ever, like, I just to trust that the airport, that the the, the fucking Qantas people, are, you know what I mean? Like, no way. That never works out well. Yeah, just stand in this line and we'll sort it out, will ya? Will you fucking sort it out? Am I, I just, will you sort, was that the, is that the title for the podcast this week? Will you sort it out? Will you sort... Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Will you sort it out? 
Question mark. Yeah, that's good. Will you sort it out? Because you won't. You fucking never do. And it's like, there's still time. There's still 25 minutes before the flight takes off. Enough time for her to go through. But that's it, right? That This Qantas lady didn't realise that there was a solution, which was me taking the bags. So I just go, I'm getting on a different flight. I can take her bag on my flight. And she looks at me and finally just goes, are you, do you know him? <laughs> to the girl. It's like, what are you, ah, oh, I did I get where she's coming from. It is confusing. We've come from different angles. But like, I don't know. Yeah, she was just out of her fucking depth. We we've, we we startled her. We ambushed her. She was ambushed. And eventually I'm just like, yeah, this is my girlfriend. It's fine. And my girlfriend's like, will I get, try and get in the line? I'm like, just go, man. I'll take your bag. Go, go, go. She made it onto the flight. I made it with her bag. I checked both of our bags in and then I got through the security line and then I'm in the lounge. I'm like on my way to the lounge. I'm very close. And I get a message from Lucy and she's like, did you, um, did you, did your girlfriend get through all right? Everything all good? And I'd kind of decided that I wasn't going to say anything because it's like she gave us a lift. She was great she's a legend she is absolutely she's so all this week all this week i've been fucking just like telling people about how great my friend lucy bloom is and she is there's an episode of my podcast with her by the way which episode is it sitting under a tree let's see sitting under a tree, Lucy Bloom. Episode 104, 12th of November, 2019. If you want to go back and listen to me interview Lucy four years ago, three and a half years ago, it's right there. Isn't that cool? Um, And it was a great interview. I think I remember we did it in a boardroom. Yeah. And there was a, there was like a, a painting of Elon Musk in the boardroom or something like that. Let's see what I said about it at the time. Lucy Bloom is one of the most in-demand corporate speakers in Australia and her memoir, Get the Girls Out, was published in 2019 by HarperCollins. Lucy was CEO of a charity setting up hospitals in Ethiopia, has travelled the world doing freelance photography and in 2015 testified in the Royal Commission investigating schools and churches in Australia and their responses to sexual abuse. She gave me a copy of her book after this interview, which was so sick because otherwise I would have had to buy it. She's a badass. And it's true. It's true. All those things are true. If you want to go listen to that, she will also be on an episode of my new podcast, um, which will be still not drunk, which I still haven't started editing. That's another thing that I need to do so that I can release that by the end of the month. Anyway, all of this stuff is neither here nor there. Point is, I've been telling people all week, Lucy, she's a legend. She rocks. I love her. She's great. And so when I was annoyed at her for overestimating or yeah overestimating how quick or the amount of wiggle room that we had at the airport i just was i made the decision i'm not going to bring it up because it doesn't really matter 
you know? Like, what do you need to message your friend to just be like, hey, by the way, I was right. Everything worked out and it's all good and I don't need anything from you. I just wanted you to know that I was right. I don't want to be that person. It's fine. So, um, when she messaged and asked, I was kind of like, well, she's asked. So, I went, I I wasn't going to say anything, but you were wrong. I was right. She was too late to put her bags on the thing and I got the bags through on my flight. And that's the end of the story, I think, that I was just, I was right. That's it. (laughs) It doesn't even feel that good to be right. That's the thing. The thing that feels good is to have a friend. And then after that, once I kind of collected myself from the stress and sat in the lounge, I remembered to be like, by the way, thank you so much for having us stay for the whole week. You rock. I'm so lucky to have a great friend like you. Thank you. And that's the thing that you really got to say, isn't it? It's been a, um, it's been an interesting week. It's been not without its challenges. Doing long distance was easy for a while and then hard at the end. And the bit that I guess we didn't prepare for was after the period of long distance when we meet up again, like we don't just start a life and fall into a regular routine. There's a period of adjustment and that's the period that we're in right now. And it's not easy. And I guess it requires a renewed commitment from both parties to be like, let's try and, you know, do the work on our relationship to make sure that this works out and that's what we're doing and uh it's hard but i'm hopeful i see progress and the last week has just kind of been us trying to find some level of balance in the relationship between seeing our friends and seeing each other and spending time alone which is also very important and we're doing all that while i'm also trying to work at night do my stand up and try and work on the other parts of my life that still require attention and it's just you know everything's happening so um (coughs) it's been challenging but i'm very hopeful about the future and i think we're in a good place right now and i think that might be all i have to say this week um let me just check here metro theater tech airport Ah, that's pretty much it, man. Sydney's beautiful. I, it was such a great week. Thank you again to everyone who came. Thank you to everyone who came to any of the shows in the Australian Festival Tour because that's all done now. Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, all done. Coming up, I have Brisbane on the 25th of May, Gold Coast on the 27th. I have Geelong on the 7th of June, I think. The 8th of June, I have Wollongong on the 22nd of June, I have Warrnambool on the 25th of June, and I have on the 1st and 2nd of July, Reykjavik, Iceland. Those dates are locked in to the calendar. I will have some more, some stuff in Dublin, maybe try and line some stuff up in the Netherlands, something like that for July. We'll see, but for the moment, that's all the stuff that I have in. It's not all on sale yet, but the ones that are on sale are on my website and the rest will be updated soon so if you're in any of those places or if you know anyone in those places please hit them up tell them what's going on also if you're liking the podcast 
Chuck us a five star on Spotify or iTunes. And uh, Aiden Jones Comedy is the Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to be fucking, I'm working on my ads. I'm working on telling people in better ways and I'm uh, about the shows and this fucking new podcast. i got to start on it soon. I might, I probably won't find some time this week, but pretty soon I'm going to really in earnest start working on that to get it up. So very exciting, a lot of stuff coming up and I appreciate you guys being here, listening. Thank you very much. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.